Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. He kōna i pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Nā mihi nui and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ. Our emotions are one of the things that define us as human. From an early age, we learn to read other people's emotional states from their faces, from their body language and from what they're saying. But does this ability keep improving as we mature? And do we even retain this ability our whole lives? Sonia Sly is off to the University of Otago to find out more. As human beings... Our ability to read emotions has underpinned our survival, at least somewhat. But what if we lost that ability to recognise them? I look at development and we study everything from children and parenting through to old age. Hi, I'm Sonia Sly and in this episode of Our Changing World, I find out what happens to our brains as we age and why it becomes more difficult to recognise emotions. And we mainly look at social understanding, uh, which is sometimes called theory of mind. And this is Ted Ruffman. He's a professor of psychology at Otago University, and his research over the past 15 to 20 years has looked at how social understanding changes as we age. So we look at uh, recognition of emotion in faces and bodily expressions and vocal expressions, We also sometimes look at matching of faces to, say, vocal sounds or matching of bodies to vocal sounds. And basically over all those kinds of stimuli, what we find is emotion recognition decreases as we age. And in particular, there are certain emotions which are more difficult for older adults when we compare them to young adults. Facial expressions of anger and sadness and fear are particularly difficult for older adults. He's compared samples of young adults with older adults who are 60 years and over. So what are some of the changes that take place? You can start to see declines in emotion recognition in middle-aged individuals. (laughs) That's shocking. Yeah. There are certain emotions which are more difficult for older adults when we compare them to young adults. Facial expressions of anger and sadness and fear are particularly difficult for older adults. Why do you think that is? We've looked at the potential lifestyle correlates of um, emotion recognition in older adults, and we found that having a healthy diet might be related to social understanding. We did a study where we gave our participants either a placebo, which was like a sugar pill, or we gave them something called oxytocin. 
Oxytocin is a neural peptide, and these are small protein-like molecules used by neurons to communicate with each other and influence brain activity and the body. Facilitates neurotransmission. And so what people do, they can squirt this up their nose and over a period of five minutes it enters the brain over about 45 minutes and then we can look at their emotion recognition. And what we found for older men is that their emotion recognition improves after they've had oxytocin compared to placebo. How much do they need of this oxytocin? They had 10 squirts in total, so it's a tiny amount that they're actually getting. One squirt up each nostril for five minutes. So the effect would probably only last for a couple of hours. It didn't help older women. Well, it just means that we are so different then, physiologically. Yeah, throughout the lifespan, including children and through to old age, women are better at recognising emotions than men. If you look at emotion recognition in old age, it's certainly older men who have more difficulty. Would that suggest that men have difficulty reading emotion in general? It really isn't clear why... Females are better than males at recognising emotions. So one possibility is something to do with biology and the way the brain is changed. In particular, what happens in the first three months of the time you're in your mother's womb is that boys begin producing testosterone. That circulates in the womb and it changes the way the brain develops. And it could be that it's something about biology then, which is leading uh, females to be better at recognizing emotions. But an alternative is simply that parents are socializing girls and boys differently. And that is certainly known to be the case, that parents will talk more about emotions with girls than they will with boys. For some reason, I can't imagine what that would be like to not be able to recognise emotion. If we were to split young adults into quartiles, meaning the bottom 25%, the top 25%, and two 25% in the middle, what we find is that about almost three-quarters of our older adults are functioning like the lowest quartile of young adults. They're not way off the scale, generally speaking, but they're just subtly worse in older adults. That worse emotion recognition is related to other aspects of social behaviour. So, for instance, it's related to older men being more verbose, Okay, so that means they talk for longer, they go off-topic, and when they go off-topic, they go more extremely off-topic. You mean kind of like these guys? Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. Believe me, this man is a menace. He's always drinking, starting fights. Isn't that right? They're both grumpy old men. For older women, their emotion recognition isn't related to verbosity. We also found for both older men and women that worse emotion recognition is associated with worse detection of lies, which of course has implications for their vulnerability to fraud schemes. And we found that worse emotion recognition in older adults is related to worse detection of faux pas or social gaffes. And finally, we found that worse emotion recognition is related to more extreme right-wing social attitudes, such as a woman's places in the home. Emotion recognition seems to be related to quite a few other social insights or behaviours. 
And there are a number of factors that help us to maintain a healthy brain. Lifestyle is certainly related to the rate of brain aging. You find individual differences in how the brain ages. So if you have many social contacts, if you uh, have cognitive stimulation, diet also makes a difference. So in particular we looked at the Mediterranean diet which is rich in kind of nuts and olive oil and fish and fruit and vegetables. That was related to a better social understanding in older adults. Having a healthy diet is known to promote brain health. So poverty is going to play a role in your yeah, ability yeah. to have a healthy brain? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the changes in New Zealand society, but also throughout the world, is this kind of extremes of wealth versus extremes of poverty. And some of the better foods are going to cost, and so it will be harder for somebody who is impoverished to afford those foods. But also, I think it's just also all about knowledge. When you look at people who are in the lower socioeconomic groups, the knowledge about good foods just would not be as good as the knowledge sometimes in more educated groups or higher SES groups. And you know how people say that going for a walk or a run helps to clear your mind? Well, it's better for you than you think. So as far as exercise goes, the studies that I'm familiar with have looked at interventions over a six-month period, and they've compared them to exercise which is non-aerobic, such as stretching. And certainly the aerobic intervention has uh, an effect over six months. Really across the lifespan, um, exercise is extremely important for brain health. And it doesn't even matter how old you are. Take it away, Richard Simmons. It's been shown that if you take 70-year-olds and you put them on an aerobic exercise program for six months, you can reverse brain decline. So you get increases in both white and gray matter in the temporal areas or on the side of the brain. You get increases in brain volume in those areas. So to a large extent, you can control the rate of decline. So I think at any age, it's going to be good for you. So you can see it in kids. You can see it in middle age. You can see that doing exercise in middle age will help you to avoid dementia when you're older. You know, the wisest thing, I suppose, would be to do aerobic exercise throughout your lifespan. But it's never too late to start. I think that's a cue to slip on those running shoes, jump on that bike, or throw on your cowboy boots. And touch, we'll walk back for three. And touch, step forward, and back, and forward, and scuff. And we'll break it down. Break it down. Break it down. That's more like it. Okay, but for those of you who may be a little less inclined to get physical, there is another alternative. We're doing a study at the moment as well, looking at whether a, an intervention which involves training uh, in music, learning to play the guitar, could potentially uh, reverse some of the declines that one sees in old age. The reason we're looking at this is because there's a great deal of cognitive effort required to learn 
something new. And there are studies showing that learning, say, new dance steps can uh, facilitate brain health in old age. So we're trying this particular intervention to see whether that affects general cognition and also emotion recognition. But going back to the acceleration of brain decline in older men, I wonder what role this might play in cases of sexual harassment. I remember um, coming across the case of an American television presenter who had been essentially harassing female colleagues, younger female colleagues, including wandering around naked. And he genuinely thought that they shared the same interests and so that the feeling was mutual. I would suspect in those kinds of situations that brain aging could contribute towards difficulty in reading signals. I have no proof that in that particular instance, but I think in general that will occur. So do you think then later on in the years to come that you could see a case taken to court and for that man to go, actually it's because of my decline in brain functioning that I literally did not see the signs? I I could imagine a lawyer might try that defence. I don't know how successful that would be. (laughs) Certainly an argument can be made. I guess what happens then is it's all about intention. If a man has no intention to be inappropriate, yet his actions are perceived as inappropriate, the question is, you know, in the eyes of the law, is he culpable? I don't know what the law says, but I can imagine a lawyer making that argument. Well, that's some food for thought. But the overarching problem is that by the time this is happening to us and we struggle to read other people's emotions, we won't even realise it's happening. That's right. You might feel that you're really on top of things. We all have blind spots. When we're at the peak of our powers in our younger years, we lack kind of experience, and um, the experience helps. But at the same time, um, as we get older and we have that experience, our brain health declines. We don't necessarily know when we are failing to pick up signals. So that's really problematic because how do you then catch yourself? Yeah, it may be impossible to catch yourself, but I think being aware of the possibility of this occurring should help us to look for these kinds of indications. So if we're in a social situation, we should look to see, are there any signals there which indicate we might have said something we shouldn't have said or we might have failed to pick up on signals in other people? And and that brain decline, does it manifest itself physically? Like, if it's somebody who has a very youthful, healthy brain, will they also, in appearance, look younger? Yeah, there is some evidence indicating that. I, again, would feel I need to look at that literature more carefully, but I have come across some of that literature, yeah. Thanks, Ted. Ted Rothman is a professor of psychology at the University of Otago, and that story was produced by Sonia Sly. This Our Changing World podcast from RNZ first aired on the 10th of October 2019. You can find this story and many more at rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. While you're there, why not sign up for our free weekly email newsletter? RNZ Our Changing World, the podcast, can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts and plenty of other podcast apps. Don't forget to check out my chemistry podcast. RNZ Elemental is celebrating the 150th anniversary of the periodic table of elements, and we are up to rhodium and rubidium. I am really enjoying a new video series from RNZ. 
The Aotearoa History Show is a 14-part look at New Zealand and its people. The first episode looks at how the Zealandia continent formed and what it means for what plants and animals we have here. It starts 100 million years ago and fast-forwards to today. It includes volcanoes, plate tectonics and, yes, dinosaurs, as well as the world's largest eagle. What's not to like? You can find the Aotearoa History Show on the podcast page at rnz.co.nz. While you're there, you can also check out several other new RNZ offerings. Killjoy is a true crime satire, and Matangirea is a series of conversations examining the political legacies of Māori politicians. If you'd like to get in touch, we're on Facebook and Twitter as RNZ Science. Many thanks for your company and for listening right through to the end. Bye for now. Matewa.